Welcome back to the I Am Virago podcast, where we get real about the struggle, drop the occasional F-bomb, and hear how amazing Virago women imperfectly navigate the world around them. Today's guest, Heidi Finley, is the definition of a successful small business owner. She launched Maven Meals, a Seattle-based home meals delivery service, seven years ago, opened two retail locations, and is on track to have a million-dollar sales year. Hear about her journey, the setbacks, new love, and how she is able to embody the idea that failure is not an option and failure is okay simultaneously. So grab that cup of ambition and let's get started. Hi, I'm Heidi. In To Pay the Bills, I own and operate Maven Meals and Maven Mercantile. Um, We provide meals that are made from scratch that are delivered to your doorstep, or you can walk in and see us at either of our retail locations and make mealtime a whole lot easier. And I'm passionate about living a life that feeds my soul, uh, whether it be nurturing relationships, experimenting in the kitchen, uh, traveling, horseback riding, or taking some time to just recharge my batteries. So you are doing quite a bit to feed your passion. I am. I'm really passionate about the work I do. What are you passionate about? What do you love about your work? I love a lot of things about it. I love getting in the kitchen and just, you know, putting my head down and doing recipe development or just making huge batches of food that we do. Um, I love the development side of it. Thinking about challenging my mind and how we can grow the business and what people are really wanting out there um, really feeds my creativity a lot. I change the menu every week. Every Um, week. Every week. Well, to be full disclosure, everybody on the podcast, uh, Heidi pretty much feeds me and my husband every week. We order uh, and the food is to die for. It's amazing. Uh, And how long have you been doing this work? Just over seven years. Seven years. Yep. We had our first delivery seven years ago, September. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. How has it been growing a business? Oh, man, it's been a little bit like being along for the ride Um, on some levels. um, This has been a really interesting kind of trajectory we've been on. Uh, I started the business before the meal delivery craze was really a thing. Hmm. And just kind of on a hunch thought, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to do it. Didn't really do much market research, just kind of, you know, followed my gut. And the meal delivery business and the meal kits has just like grown up and blown up around it. And it's actually been really great for me and for the business um, to kind of let them do all the marketing. And yeah, we've got great recommendations and the personal recommendations have been what the word of mouth has really been keeping us going. And so there's been a lot of just trying to manage the growth. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, that sounds kind of glamorous, but um, it means a lot of really long hours, hard work Mm -hmm. and trying to find the right people so you can grow at the rate that you're needing to. Mm -hmm. Um, So how did you even start down this path? Well, in graduate school, I was getting an MBA in sustainable business, and it was kind of hippie grad school, if you will. <laughs> and we had a creativity and right livelihood class that, you know, really challenges you to dig deep and, you know, search your soul and what is it you're really passionate about. And I kind of came up with this idea that I really thought I wanted to be a butler. A butler? <laughs> yeah. And so I was just, at the time, I was waiting tables to put myself through grad school. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to find a job as a butler, and I'll be damned if I didn't. Um, 
in very short order. I found a job working for a wealthy family in one of the Seattle neighborhoods and became their household manager and private chef. (laughs) And it's funny because the job was kind of uniquely set up where I would work seven days one week and one or two days the next. And I would do all their meal prep um, the beginning of the week, the week I was only there a day. And I kind of thought like, man, these people are basically eating leftovers all week, like from what I'm making. And I was just like, I don't know about that. But they'd tell me the next week, like they ate something on Friday that I made on Monday. And they're like, oh, it was amazing. And this and that. And so it really kind of got the wheels turning to you know, think about the meal prep. Uh, And so I just kind of started thinking about it. And I have Janice to thank for saying, hey, will you help us with some meal prep? And I said, yeah, sure, find me another handful of people and make it worth my time. Um, And so I started doing this just out of my home kitchen for about six to 10 clients, family, friends. And I did it for about nine months. And I realized at the end of nine months kind of how much time I was putting into it and really decided I either need to do this full time or not at all. And so I'd kind of burned myself out on it, trying to do it even at that small scale in a small kitchen at home was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I put it aside for about a year. I took a contract job that I was not passionate about. It was fine, but it was coming to the end. And I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? I looked at the job postings and nothing, nothing was even catching my attention. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just like gonna do it and I decided the first of July that you know what I'm gonna do this and by the third of July I had my business plan written and I handed it out to friends and family and just said okay I need to raise 20 grand like any amount will help and uh, I delivered the first meals the first week of September and what yeah so it was well, you I don't just, fool around <laughs> I just like literally failure wasn't an option like I mean I look back at it and I was like man how foolish was I but I'm thankful that I just didn't really think and just jumped in because I I mean I had a mortgage to pay and basically no money in the bank yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so what do you think you learned um, most what was the the biggest lesson you took away in your first year of operations I think probably the first year was realizing that I couldn't do as much myself as I thought I could. Mm. And even with, you know, my projections of saying, you know, it wasn't that business was just like banging right away. It was growing at a slow and steady rate. But I mean, it was like week two and I was like, oh my gosh, I need some help. So, um, so that was, and that was one of the things I thought that I would be able to be going at it alone for quite a while before I would need to pay to bring on help. And I also just kind of foolishly assumed that it would grow fast enough that I could strictly do the meals. And very quickly, I started having people ask me if I would do catering. And I was like, yeah, I'll do anything to make some money. So, and I hate catering, and I would say that's been like a huge win over the last year, is that we've pretty much taken our hat out of the catering ring, and that feels really great to be able to make that decision, like be to a point to say like, yeah, that's a significant piece of business, and I hate it, and I no longer want to do it, and I no longer need to do it. Congratulations on that. And and, in the beginning, was catering um, almost a marketing tool? It was. The the two kind of fed each other, if you will. I mean, we'd have our meal clients say, oh, this stuff is great. 
we have really terrible catering at work, you know, and kind of connect me in there. And then vice versa, the people who would order the catering, corporate catering was predominantly what we did. Um, a lot of photo shoots and business lunches and that sort of thing. And those people would then find out that we would deliver this delicious stuff to their door. And so they did um, go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so it was a good marketing tool there for a long time. So you've been around for seven years. Uh, you have two retail locations. Yes. So we haven't even scratched that part of your business. But how, how big have you grown in the past seven years? So I was just looking over our numbers, and we are on track to do almost a million dollars in business this year. Whoa! <laughs> Snap! Yeah. Congratulations! Thanks. Dang, girl! Yep. So our client base has grown to, you know, close to 5,000 clients just for me- meals. It's a oh. lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy for you. Uh, so um, what's a recent um, personal or professional win you'd like to talk about? I think the... Oh man, I have I have several. It's been a good year. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most excited about is being in a position to have promoted one of my staff members um, into a general manager position and really had the confidence to kind of hand over a lot of daily operations and just trust that it's going to get done. And man, I have been just so impressed with uh, with her and the staff and how they have really taken a lot of uh, ownership. How there's hard a, was it to let go? The last year, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of forced to, to have to step back a little bit. And so it made it that much easier to kind of have someone in place that I trusted. I can't imagine what the last year would have looked like had I not had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so circumstances were such that you you had to try to trust somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would have um, let go of those reins if... I do. I think that I was starting to get a little burned out. I had just come off of opening up our second retail location, um, which... I have worked hard in my life. I have never, (laughs) I have never worked that hard. 20 hour days, back to back to back, just never being able to catch up. And uh, it was a lot. And so I was to the point where I'm like, I just need to be able to hand something off. And so I think that it was just good timing Mm -hmm. and and the right person. She jokingly was, uh, sent me a text from Hawaii a couple weeks ago. She was Taking, a, taking some time off. And she said, well, unless you want to open Maven Maui, like I'm going to put in my notice. And I said, well, I guess I'm selling the business. <laughs> so um, she really does that much. You know, yeah. I was, I can't imagine if she leaves. So yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah. listening, it's time to ask for a raise. Um, so she just got one. <laughs> oh, she just got, oh, yeah. she just got one. Well, there you go. Um, must feel good to be able to give your employees raises. Yes, it does feel really good. And the other thing, uh, or professional win, um, we just rolled out an employee HR manual. Not exciting. I, I love HR manuals, so that's pretty <laughs> exciting for me. But one of the things that I put in there is we have a paid vacation policy that's going effective the first of the year that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to be to a point to be that employer that's able to offer that so how many employees do you have um i have about 20 yeah that's amazing and as listeners of this podcast know (laughs) and i know you've listened so you know where we're going next 
is there a professional or a personal uh, struggle you'd be willing to share? Yeah. Um, so right on the heels of opening our second retail shop, which I was just spent um, about the same time, uh, my husband came home and told me he was leaving. And one of the many things he he said in all of this was, you know, I've really always hated your business. Um, you know, a lot of it was hard to hear, um, but that was that was tough. Uh, that was basically like someone telling me, like, you know, I've always really hated you because uh, it's such a big part of who I am and what I've done. And, you know, it, it really was hard for a long time for me to go to work. Something that I've loved so much, that that got really hard, you know, going in and kind of feeling like, oh, like this is the thing that like ended it, you know, made it end or is a major contributing factor. And so, you know, that took some working through for sure. And I'm on the other side of it now and I kind of look back and I'm in like such a better place. But yeah, it was super touch and go, you know, for a little while there that all of that passion kind of got sucked out of what I was doing and I didn't have a lot of creativity to create new menus and you know all of that it was just kind of like it was a slog and so it feels really good to be back and want to be back in the kitchen want to be creating recipes again want to be engaging and thinking about growing and you know what's next and so yeah how how did you get through that um I had a really great group of friends who supported me. Uh, my work colleagues were nothing short of amazing. You know, if I was having a shitty day, <laughs> be like, you know what, do you really want to be here? <laughs> Go home. And, oh. you know, they would be willing to pick up pick up the pieces. And yeah. Wow. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful. It, it's amazing to kind of just have that support. Um, and give myself the opportunity to evaluate, you know, kind of the whole picture mm-hmm. and not feel like I have to be focused on getting whatever accomplished at work. Mm-hmm. So just being able to step back and have the bandwidth to process all that. Yeah. Um, one of our guests um, on the podcast, Melody Berenger, um, often says that relationships are the true currency. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like your relationships are what help carry you through a really hard time. Absolutely. Yeah. In a number of different areas of life, right? It's, you know, my family, my mom and my brother were, you know, I could call them at any hour. You know, uh, I have this amazing group of girlfriends, my hunting club. Uh, they're Wait, hunting club? Hunting club. Yeah. What, um, what is hunting club? We started it as a book club and then we decided, we read like one book, I think, and and then it just turned into kind of, you know, dinner and wine, as as they do, most of them do. And so we decided to nickname it Hunting Club because we read as much as we hunt. So why not be, why not have a fun name? <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. More Hunting Clubs out there, people. Um, so, you, you know, I've known you for over a long time now, over, over a decade. Mm-hmm. And you are one of the hardest working women I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. And what do you do for fun? <laughs> uh, I have a lot of fun. I own a horse, and I do a lot of horseback riding. And that I, I want it. What's your horse's name? Bryce. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love horseback riding because 
while I'm doing it, it is impossible to think about doing anything else. So it has been kind of my therapy. Um, I do CrossFit a couple days a week, which I love, and I love to travel. And so in this last year, I spent the first many years of the business not being able to get away at all. And I've spent the last six months mainly on vacation, it feels like. so. Wow, where, where have you been? <laughs> um, I went to Vietnam, and then I went to Iceland, um, was up on Vancouver Island in Canada, Austin, wow. and yeah. Just what was your really, favorite favorite place? I have to say, Vietnam just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. What, yeah. what, what about it was amazing? Oh, man, everything. It was just authentic. It was delicious. The food was amazing. The weather was great. The company was amazing. Um, yeah. Nice. So being such a hard worker, what advice do you have for young women starting out in, in the workplace? You know, my dad told me when I was a young girl, uh, my dad was an entrepreneur. He worked extremely hard, but he told me, he said, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And it's so true. I would say, find something that sparks your passion, sparks your creativity and pour yourself into that. Like, just, just do it. Go for it. Mm. You just brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) Heidi, what makes you a Virago? I'm a Virago because I believe I have the ability to create my own reality and to really have the mindset that failure is not an option, but failure is okay. But just to know, in my mind, to just be able to make quick decisions and just be able to really act spontaneously. With confidence. Yeah. You 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 are such a Virago. <laughs> Thanks, Janice. And what, one of the things you just said, you know, that failure is not an option, but failure is okay. Kind of brought to mind the idea of um, you can lose a battle or two, but ultimately you win the war. Yeah. I've definitely had some failures in, I mean, it hasn't all been, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs. And there have definitely been some you know, stumbles along the way. Yes. And you're going to make almost a million dollars this year. <laughs> I wish I personally was yes. going to make a million dollars. In sales yeah, revenue. In sales there revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's humbling. I mean, I look at that and I'm like, wow, like we did that. Like, I'm really proud of that. You should be proud of that. <laughs> uh, so we're coming to the end and I like to ask people if uh, if there's a question they, they wish I would have asked them about that I didn't. Um, how do you how do you feel about online dating? <laughs> uh, well, I feel pretty good about it. Oh, really? In what way do you feel good about it? <laughs> Is this something you want to talk about? Sure. Okay. I don't care. All right. So yeah. So how do you yeah, you feel pretty good about online dating? Tell me. Tell me why. So back in the winter, I had a few girlfriends who were like, we're putting you on this dating app. And I was like, I don't know about that. And then I met the most amazing man. And he was the great company that I spoke of in my Vietnam trip. His name is Tim. And man, he's everything I thought I had, but never did. And yeah, he's just like totally opened up my eyes to really feel what it feels like to be appreciated and loved and 
that has just kind of flipped my whole world upside down. And I have been able to observe you and Tim, and it is it is beautiful to see you two together. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Well, we are at the end of uh, the interview. Thank you so much for doing this, and I'm really proud to know you. Thanks, Janice. Thank you, my Viragos, for listening to the I Am Virago podcast. Check out new episodes every Tuesday. If you have ideas or suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on this podcast, go to IamVirago.com slash podcast and leave a message. And remember, you are a Virago. <laughs>